Welcome to Radio Free Culture from WFMU, where we examine issues at the intersection of digital media and the arts. My name is Cheyenne Homan, and in this episode, we'll be talking with Simon Panrucker, a composer who writes songs for a show on Cartoon Network and shares his own music on the Free Music Archive. So, do you want to give us your name and a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I just, I'm just taking my shoes off, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, hi, my name is Simon Panrucker. And I live in Bristol in the United Kingdom. I've been making music since I was like a young teenager. And now I do it for a living and continually for fun. I work for Cartoon Network writing songs for a show, songs and music for a show called Clarence. So I did the theme song for that. And then I'm, I'm kind of on hand to always write songs when they need them. And then I do a lot of live performing and video making and things like that as well. Uh, Yeah, so I try and keep my fingers in as many pies as possible. There are a lot of people that are composers that do soundtrack music that don't make video, and so they don't have that perspective. So I think that it's good that there are people out there that have a wide variety of kind of views and and some sort of uh, working knowledge of how those processes go. Yeah. So how long have you been working for Cartoon Network? That's really interesting to me. Uh, I've been working for them for around a year, I think, maybe just over a year now. And I got the job by uh, the guy who's, who created the show, Skylar Page. He was a friend of mine through the internet um, who had found my videos on Vimeo and was a big fan of them. And we became friends through email and stuff. Yeah, so he, he got his show greenlit. And when I found out that, I was like, oh, my goodness. Because at that time, I was feeling really like, oh, what am I doing? I need to, I need to do... I need to be like pushing my career forward in music and stuff. So I was feeling particularly gutsy and I was just like, well, listen, let me pitch to do the music and I'll do a great job and that will be that. So I did a I did a pitch and I did like a bit of scoring for the show and it was okay. And then at the same time, I was like, well, I really like writing songs. So the pilot episode was um, about pinata, like the kids are making a pinata and hitting it. And... I'm just really conscious of my English accent saying piñata. How do you pronounce it in American? <laughs> piñata, yeah. Oh, it's the same. Okay. Yeah. Just a bit more drawn out for me. Yeah. Um, piñata. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and anyway, yeah, so I wrote this song about called Hit the Piñata. And then I basically lost the pitch to a different composer because the network were not comfortable with my experience because I hadn't done any TV work before. So this guy, Jim Venable, who did Powerpuff Girls and Samurai Jack and a bunch of other cool stuff, and is generally just a, a really nice guy, he won and was doing the main music. But then I, I kind of did a little song for them called Honk, which was in this episode where they have loads of bike horns uh, and all the kids are playing the bike horns in the playground. Uh, so I did that and then they really liked it. And then I got to do the theme song. And then, yeah, and then it just kind of flourished from there. So now me and Jim kind of split each episode 50-50 pretty much. And so you said you've been doing that for about a year then? Mm-hmm. Okay. How is that different than making music for yourself or for, you know, a non-children's like children's cartoon? It is different. However, I really enjoy making really fun and stupid music. And, like, I really like making music all the time and bashing it out really quickly. So for me, it's I really enjoy it because it's like... Every couple of weeks, I just get this challenge because the turnaround's really quick. 
most of the time I, I do my episodes worth of music in like a couple of days, which could include like five songs or something. So I just have to be really quick. And yeah, so the, the challenges are like the turnaround where you have to not be precious. And it's just like, this is what needs to happen. Smash it out. Don't think too much, which is kind of really nice because sometimes just in your own, in my own work, I can find that I get too bogged down and like, oh, that snare doesn't sound quite right or whatever. But with this, it's just like, it sounds fine and just do it. Um, so that's really exciting. It's just like, you need to make this kind of music for this scene and then I'll do it in my style or, or you know, do a parody of something. Sometimes, and one of the particular challenges I find of it is like when I'm feeling really sad or like hungover or anything like that, um, and I have to write really happy music or do a happy song like la 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 la. And <laughs> sometimes that's really hard when you're just like, I just want to be in bed and have <laughs> the world end around me. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, usually it's pretty fun. Yeah, so you said you've been making music since you were a teenager? Yeah, so I, I've i always been quite musical. I was raised in a, a musical household where my brother and sister would play the piano a lot. Um, and my mum was a piano teacher as well, so she gave me lessons for a bit. Um, so I learned some piano, and then I did saxophone lessons uh, and a bit of guitar as well. So yeah, all the way through, I've just kind of been involved in music and since we got this keyboard that could like record parts, I've been building my own tracks and then uh, having like really simple software when I was a teenager and started making more electronic music and kind of drum and bass and um, weird house music and things like that. And then I, I went to university and did music technology at uni as well. Yeah, so that's sort of informed how your style has changed, do you think? Which part? Just the going to uni? Yeah, like going and studying music. Did that change your musical aesthetic at all? Um, I I guess it's it's kind of nudged at it, yeah. But yeah, because I wouldn't describe what you make and what what you've posted on uh, Free Music Archive as weird house music. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, maybe the new the new thing, uh, Mr. Frisbee's Beat Pocket. That's pretty weird house music. I don't know if you've had a chance to hear that yet. Yeah, that's oh. that's the closest I could think. But the stuff yeah. that's under <laughs> yeah. your your name. Uh... Oh yeah, my stuff isn't really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think definitely uni did because we we did a lot of kind of, it was creative music technology, not just music technology. So it was kind of arty and, you know, doing sound art and making noises with, I did this this piece with like lampposts and kind of with a contact mic on lampposts and recording all these weird internal sounds of lampposts. And so, yeah, just like kind of getting really in depth with objects. But I found that really useful in a sound design sense um, and kind of adding adding more interest to music that I make now, which is good. Yeah, where do you get your ideas from? I mean, you seem to be a very prolific uh, musician, so. Yeah, um, I don't know really. Just I just kind of get little loops stuck in my head and, and phrases and things. I find it hard to sleep quite a lot because, <laughs> because of this. Mm. Um, uh, like last night, I couldn't really sleep because I... I just had this kind of five note melody going round and round in my head and it drives me a bit mental sometimes but um but that's why I have to just get it out and like do something else and and do the next thing. Yeah, so do you want to talk about the things that you've recently posted on Free Music Archive? 
Yeah, I kind of I've just put my whole back catalogue on really. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some stuff called Moons, which is like ambient, minimal stuff that I I made. I think I was feeling quite depressed when I made that. It was like a really uh, insular kind of stuff. Um, but you might not find it depressing. I don't know. Um, it sounds sort of introverted and dusty, but I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was uh, that was when I was living at my parents' house in. Um, in like this village where I didn't know anyone. So it was, it was very isolated. Yeah. And then I've, I, my kind of first rap album is up on there and the instrumentals as well, uh, which you should feel free to use for your video projects because they're, they're quite useful. I think I've used them for a lot of different things. And yeah, so that's kind of fun rap, which is very nonsensical and tongue in cheek. Um, and then under Simon Panrucker as well as my, brand new album which is just out in november uh and that's my my most recent kind of rap album i've been performing live for the past couple of years doing all these songs and these are these are more of the ones that i do live uh so they're a bit more kind of energetic and or or maybe gimmicky i think so it's kind of a translation of of the live stuff yeah what's it like performing this stuff live really fun it sounds Um, like it would be fun yeah i really enjoy it it's quite it's quite an affront to audiences sometimes um, because I, I'm kind of quite, um, it's, at least my on stage persona is very kind of manic and shouty. So I don't know. I think some people are just like, this guy is such a dick. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but other people kind of understand the joke of it and, and get on board. Yeah. So, so a lot of the time I just have really fun gigs where everyone gets involved and it's good. I had a really painful gig um, a, a few months ago where it was in like this bar that no one was there and I kind of tried to gather people to listen but actually no one wanted to listen and they just had conversations and didn't look at me while I was doing this really really bold rap music it was quite uncomfortable um, but it, thankfully a couple of my friends turned up and I was just jumping on the sofa and things <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think uh, I think most artists have had at least one experience like that if not a tour of that so <laughs> Yeah, you've got to do it and then you can enjoy your good gigs even even more. Definitely. So I'm curious too, because you're talking about working for Cartoon Network and, you know, making things just for this show. And then you also make music on your own that you share under a Creative Commons license. And I'm guessing that you're contracted for your work with Cartoon Network. So you don't you don't own that stuff, right? I mean, it has your That's name on correct. it, but it belongs to them. Yeah, yeah. So um yeah, everything that I write for them is is 100% owned by them. I get PRS, uh, that's like performing rights in the UK. So I get royalties for when it's played. But yeah, as far as like ownership is concerned, they own everything that I make for them. At first I was really like, I don't feel comfortable with this at all, but I kind of understand it because they need to just be free to, like all of the music that I make gets dubbed into different languages and stuff. Uh, so if if I, if I had to keep asking my permission and things, I think it'd be very difficult. So I do understand the need for that in a massive corporation uh, television thing. But I do I do feel sad about it sometimes because like Hit, Hit the Pinata, the very first thing that I made, someone uploaded that video to YouTube because it was it made it to the to the show in the end. And that video has had like 200,000 views now or something. And I really want people to be able to have it and to download it and stuff. But I can't make that cool. So yeah, it's satisfying when I make my own music that I can just say, 
I, I really like it when people buy it. It makes me feel really happy. But generally, I just like people to listen to it and enjoy it and share it and use it for stuff. So that's why I put it all out as Creative Commons. Um, I find this time we're in very interesting where it's become so cheap to make music, but it still takes a lot of time and, and money. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in that weird state of like, I don't know what the right thing is to do, but I guess I'm quite interested in the idea of putting everything out for free under Creative Commons. But if I have a project, like asking people to help fund it, do, do you know of many people on Free Music Archive that have done that and kind of crowdfunded projects? It seems to me that it's more about the energy that you put in and the amount of information you can give people who may be donating to you than it is just like, can I throw this on the internet and see if any money will stick to it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mm-hmm. think if you can, if people can tell that you're earnest about it and you really are excited about the project, you just need a little bit of help. That's, that's the best pitch <laughs> that I've seen. Yeah. And, and you mentioned about the creative commons community, mm-hmm. which, um, I guess I'm kind of new to, uh, well, I've been putting stuff out under Creative Commons for a while, but definitely like Free Music Archive seems seems to have a great community around it, especially the curatorship. I'm just curious as to like your perspective on on Creative Commons and free music in general and why, like, yeah, just your perspective really, what, what's kind of your angle? To give a little bit of background, I have a degree in library science and mm-hmm. um, I've for a long time also been involved with various sort of underground music scenes uh, where not many artists were signed, not many of them really wanted any kind of commercial success, um, but were very earnest about getting their music out there. And I think that Creative Commons is cool because copyright right now does not mix well. It's like oil and water with the digital media verse. Creative Commons, I think, is really important because it offers artists and creators a way to share their work without the restrictions that copyright sort of defaults to, right? So default copyright is like, all rights reserved. If you want to do anything with this ever for any reason that doesn't qualify as fair use, which is really nebulous and not well-defined, then you can go to court. I don't know. It's horrifying to me to think that someone who really loves a piece of music and uploads a video of themselves dancing to it and then suddenly they're like getting told to take the video down uh it's just like totally against why i make music anyway yeah and i think it allows art to be derivative it allows art to build off of other art it allows people to make fan videos it allows people to perform your songs you know or to use them in other works and i think that that's important because the only artists that are getting exposure now are the ones that are connected to those big corporate scaffolds that are kind of supporting what we know as the music industry. And that's a very small percentage of what's out there. And I think mm. a lot of people who don't come from larger urban areas that don't know that there are musicians everywhere performing don't have a sense of this alternative to I guess what you'd call mainstream music, you know, there's just what's on the radio or there's just what's, you know, getting a zillion views on YouTube or, um, you know, who's winning the Grammys or whatever. So I just think Creative Commons has been really important for music because it's allowed people to get more exposure. And for, I think for creators to connect, there have been a lot of good stories that I've heard of 
artists who are listing their work on FMA being approached by people who make films or commercials or documentaries or what have you and want to use their work in their features. And they're able to collaborate because they put their email address on FMA and they listed their work as being use, you know, usable for this purpose um, mm-hmm. instead of, oh, yeah, we're on such and such record label and you'll have to talk to our publisher and to like get a license and it'll be thousands of dollars. You know, the people that are making those films are, are individuals too. They are individual artists who want their work to get out there. And I think that Creative Commons has created this network and sort of facilitated these connections that wouldn't otherwise have happened. Um, and I'm interested to hear your perspective on, so obviously like you're from the Free Music Archive. Um, but do you think that all music should be free or just some or like how do you what's your kind of idea? Oh, of course, I don't think all music should be free. <laughs> um, it's great when artists who primarily make music are able to make some sort of living off of that. I think that's really amazing. Um, I don't think that art should be unsupported, mm-hmm. but. I think that the reason why the Free Music Archive is so important is because it's a place where people who want their music to be shared freely, who don't mind if you download it, um, mm-hmm. and who don't mind if you listen to it, stream it on our website, or you know, if it's licensed the right way to be remixed or used in a film or what have you, that they should have a platform to do that. Um, Internet Archive is doing a great job of storing a lot of that content, I think that their their search tools are not as uh, fine tuned as ours, mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. it's easier for artists to get exposure through FMA, and we have a lot of very dedicated followers on FMA that are watching the site all the time and downloading new things that pop up, and are generally excited that there are artists out there that are willing to do this instead of you know pay to play downloads on iTunes or you know um, slapping an advertisement on a video on YouTube to monetize it. Mm-hmm. So the model that we have is good because we offer if if artists want to have like a tip the artist button on the page. Yeah, yeah, I definitely when I first sent in the um, my Christmas album, you know, it's been on my website for ages. Um, and I think in like a few days on on Free Music Archive, more people downloaded it than had ever downloaded it from my website. Um, so I was really happy about that because it's just like. What? Why would I? What's the point in just having this thing that's sitting around uh, with no one really hearing it? Um, so yeah, it's really nice to to kind of be part of a new audience. Most of your things are are uh, non-commercial, share alike. I think is that correct? Uh, I think I've put at least a few now as they they can be commercial, um, but share alike also, which I'm kind of I think I'm clear on, but I'm I'm still a bit confused by it. So if they used my music in a piece of their work, Mm -hmm. like in a video, for example, they would have to release their video as share share alike. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then if anybody made a derivative of that video that that had your piece of work on it, that would also have to be share alike. And if they wanted to not do share alike, they'd have to ask if that was okay. Yep. It just seems really good to me. I really like it. It's just like opens everything up to such a friendly way of doing things. Just like we're all trying to make stuff. It's just like playing. It's playing with each other Um, where I've made this thing. What are you going to do with it? And then you put it out there, see what someone else does with it. And 
and uh, you just especially now like when you've made something and you put it out into the world how there's no way you can control what's going to happen with it like no. there's no way that's so why not just allow it the beauty and the danger it? of the internet <laughs> say that again sorry that's the beauty and the danger of the internet yeah. i think yeah. <laughs> yeah um but it just seems it seems foolish to me to put so much energy in, into like takedown notices and things like that like this is my thing why you can't do that it's like, why put that energy into that when you could be making more stuff and letting people do things with it and promote you, which is what they're doing by sharing it. It's Have you found anything really cool that your work has been used in? Um, oh, I've got some sounds on freesound.org as well. Mm -hmm. And um, and recently someone got in touch with me. Um, these are, I'm part of a, a filmmaking collective called Project Trident and we do like low budget films. We're just a bunch of friends that, that help each other out. Um, but we'll be kickstarting a new film in February, like a feature-length film. Um, so keep your eye on that. It's called Until the Day Breaks. Until the Day Breaks movie dot com. Yeah. So, but, so in the last film, we like lengthy one that we made. I put all of the sound effects that I made or recorded up for free download on on freesound.org, uh, and I get loads of messages through that of people asking if they can use it in different stuff, because I haven't made it um, commercial, which I really need to do because I don't care. I want them to use it. My favorite one was this guy who did a, uh, a, this really weird game thing called Windowsill. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's called uh, Vector Park as well. There's a, a different one. Mm -mm. Okay. They're, they're just like beautiful um, kind of vector art games uh, and really kind of otherworldly and, and weird. But he's using this banana squelching sound in his next game. <laughs> So I'm just like, I'm really excited to, to be a part of that just because I, I had such a nice time playing his other games. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So do you do like much fully artistry stuff? Uh, I want, I would like to do more because I find it really fun. Um, but it depends on the job, really. I try and record as much live stuff as possible because I like the, you know, it lends so much more interest and, and kind of uh, accidents just make things sound great if you can choose the right accident. Yeah, so I try and do live stuff loads. Music-wise, I'm I'm not that aware of what people have used it for, but I'd like people to let me know if they use it just because it's exciting. I want everyone to just play, play with stuff that I've made, and I will play with stuff that you've made as well. And I think that's just a way more joyful way of living rather than trying to keep everything to ourselves. Um, so I feel way more excited now that I've spoken to you. Oh, cool. I'm glad. <laughs> nice one. Well, good to talk to you, Shannon. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for uh, taking the time, Simon. Okay, take have care. a nice day. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Radio Free Culture is produced by WFMU and the Free Music Archive and is supported in part by a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts. Our theme song this week is The Spider-Man's Nano Loop by Uncle Bibby and can be found at freemusicarchive.org. For more information about Simon and his work, please visit simonpanrucker.com.